What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Brunson Podcast. All right, today is a certain kind of topic. Um, we're going a little bit off the beaten path, and I just want to talk about actually learning languages. Um, more of a skill set kind of podcast. I just gave a um, I had a training, a free training put together. In fact, if you guys want, you can find me on Instagram, DM me, and I'll give you the, the link to that free training. But I want to talk about some of the principles both on a kind of a philosophical standpoint and then some practical application um, on learning languages and traveling and all of that and kind of the benefits. And I, I want to give you guys a bit of an update. It's been a little while since I've made a podcast and I think it's because I started to feel a little bit redundant with some things I was talking about. So I wanted to jump in and talk about um, why I learn languages and also branching into why I travel. So I've said this on my podcast before, but my big philosophy is that there really are two powerful forces um, and two powerful reasons of what makes life beautiful. Number one is our relationships, and number two is meaning and significance. Um, I believe that our relationships come from people. Meaning and significance comes from God, deity, ourselves, nature, um, kind of a combination of those things. So those are kind of just some of my thoughts as far as why learning languages fits into that first category, the relationships part. And I probably even a little bit of that second part as well. For me, when I learn a language, I, I like the quote that I heard. It's a, it's a Czech proverb that said, when you learn a language, you live a second life. Or for every language you learn, you live another life or something like that. And if you only learn one language, then you only live one life. Um, it's really a powerful thing to be able to connect with people Anyone that's traveled can know this. It's there's something really beautiful at meeting people from a different culture, for seeing different seeing through new eyes, and the way that it affects you for the rest of your life. And I've been to countries where I did not speak the language. I went to Thailand for a couple of weeks and I did not speak the language. It was still it was very meaningful, but it is just not the same as learning someone's native language and being able to hear their stories. When you sit down with someone, as I did once um, from Russia, and they talk about communism and they talk about um, real pain and real hurt that. You kind of thought, oh, only Americans ever experienced that. And then you realize that we have so much in common. Then you also realize that there's a lot we have different. And seeing both sides of those, seeing the way that they see the world based on their perspectives. For me in Russia, it was so interesting being able to talk to people in Russian and hear their stories in Russian. And see what suffering and pain meant to them. Because trust me, it's a lot different than it is in America. But also seeing that they care about family and they also have rebellious teenagers. And they also have the same... Um, you know, the, the old people would kind of bash on the young people for being softies and just all the same stuff that we see in America and and in, in more westernized countries. Very fascinating to see the similarities as well as the differences. So for me, being able to travel was, was a really just a wonderful privilege and be able to connect. So, but I want to talk about some practical applications. So if if you were trying to learn a language, which is something that I recommend for everyone, and this, this maybe sounds odd, like, well, why would I need to learn language if I don't like, if I don't even plan on traveling or whatever? Well, for one thing, it keeps your mind sharp. It's it's a way to really develop your mind in a big way. Um, it really helps connect us with um, communication generally. It taught me so much about how nonverbal communication is powerful. It taught me about energy, and this is where I'm going to little. This might sound a little bit kooky, but we're going to dive in here. I believe that we communicate non-verbally so much, and even not just non-verbally, not just body language, but actual energy is what communication is. Um, I, I really think that sometimes we forget how much intention and 
pushing energy onto someone else. For example, when you are showing love, I've had times and places where I could not communicate with more than a third grade level of language, my love for someone. Um, a group of people, even I remember one time I was talking to someone and I just, I just, this, this old woman, I just felt so much love for, and I wanted to know that I cared for it deeply. And I remember I just, I couldn't find the words, but I, the energy came, it was an energy and she felt it and she started to cry and I started to cry. Right. And I've had experiences like that many times where it was not so much, I had the words to eloquently describe how I felt, but understanding energy. So that's, that's, that's a few reasons why I think learning language is powerful. On top of the fact, languages open up doors that could not be opened any other way. You might meet someone and you're talking and all of a sudden they, they say, oh, like I'm, I'm from, I'm from Colombia. And then you just start launching into Spanish and you're friends done. Just being able to connect on that point alone makes you friends. For me speaking Russian, if I meet a Russian speaker, instantly we have a conversation instantly. If I meet another Russian speaker, we have a communication. We have a connection, excuse me. We might talk about grammar for two hours and someone goes, what on earth? Who talks about grammar, Russian grammar for two hours, right? But you'd be amazed at even how it's affected my romantic life, my friends, my business life, my connections, everything has been massively affected by the languages that I speak. Um, I'm, I'm currently, I'm, I'm pretty good in Russian and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm passable in Spanish. And it's really, it's really blessed my life in so many unseen ways. So there's some thoughts on why I think it's powerful to learn language. On top of that, it's just, it's just freedom. I can go to any Spanish speaking country now and I'm not worried about it. Sure. I won't be able to talk about philosophy maybe, and the allegory of Plato's cave in Spanish, but I can definitely order. I can get bus tickets. I can go places. I can ask questions. I can have small talk conversations. I can listen into conversations, understand a good percentage of it. I do okay. And now it just has totally opened up the world to me. I've now got somewhere around 20 or 30 countries that I can go to, and I'm not so worried about being able to get by. Um, and for certain languages, when you learn, like when I learned French, I'm hoping to learn French someday, it'll open up another 20 countries to me that I can go and visit and communicate and um, be able to participate in you know, their, their culture in a more realistic way. So um, now, hoping that I've sold you on learning languages, I want to talk about some of the principles. So here, I'm just give you guys a quick rundown. I'm not going to make this drag out too far, I hope. But I'll give you a quick rundown of here's how I learn languages. So number one, I'm going to use Spanish as an example, but this I think applies to really any language. Step one is phonetics. When I say phonetics, I mean how you pronounce words and how you read words. So in Spanish, the double L is not pronounced as an L, it's pronounced as an E. And that alone is a really important thing because that way if you're reading a word, you're not saying like, oh, what's the word? Ella for... For she, it's ea, right? And that alone, you just you, it's going to totally throw you off. So being able to understand phonetics, and when I say phonetics, I don't mean just how to read things, but also how to say them correctly. An a in Spanish is not the same as an a in English, and we think it is because it sounds similar, but it's not. An i, the letter i that we understand is i, occasionally e and different other things that we have. They pronounce it as e, and it's it's different. Even the sound e e is different. So getting inside there and actually trying to figure out, okay, how do they pronounce it? Oh, is how you say it in Russian. Oh, is how you say it in English. Okay. Like when a Russian says that, like, hello, hello, like it's not hello, it's hello, because they're using their, their sounds, right? Hello. And it's very different. You notice that every sound in there was different. The h is a little more raspy, 
the o is a little bit further back in the throat. The o is wider. The e is more like, not like a he, but a e. You, you see the difference there? It's Our phonetics are so different, yet we always try to copy and paste. And that's a great way to have a good Texan accent speaking Russian or Spanish, and it sounds awful. So that's something I'd really work on and focus on is just getting pronunciation. Don't stress about it. Don't get like bogged down and feel like it's impossible. Children also sound stupid at first, but the point is that they're listening very closely to certain sounds. They're not trying to interpret. Babies don't force their preconceived ideas of language into whatever their native language is. They just listen and repeat and they make lots of mistakes. And that's the way we have to replicate it. So that's a big step is to be like a child. Um, step number two, after you've learned phonetics is this is where it gets a little more practical. I would go and look online for your language for the top 1,000 most spoken words in that language. Just Google it. There is hundreds and hundreds of lists you'll find. Sometimes they pull it from media. They pull it from news. They pull it from the Weather Channel. It doesn't really matter. Just go look it up and get a big collaborate of the top 1,000 most used words in that language. You'll find their words like she, the, and, but, to, because, why, things like that. Um, little tiny words that just kind of are the glue, the sticky part between language. The top 100 are very important. Memorize every single one of those. Um, next, um, I'm going to give you the structure for memorization, the order in which you memorize words, and then we'll talk about some other applications. So you go through your top 100 words, and then you learn your top 10 verbs. These ones are tricky because you have to make sure you get it from a native source. Do not think that the word to have is the same in English as it is in the language you're learning because I guarantee you it will not be. Not exactly anyways. It's always different. Every language is always different. The word to have or to know, for example. Um, there's two ways to say no, K-N-O-W, in, in, in uh, Spanish, and there's only one way to say it in English. Um, in Russian, I think there's three different ways to say it, if I remember correctly. So you will find... That's very, very different. So you need to go and actually get the native source on the top 10 most used verbs. Um, often you can always find a book of like the top 555 verbs. That seems in every language I've learned that's been the case. There's always that book. So find that or Google the list. But learn your top 10 verbs, most spoken verbs in a language. And then go back and learn your top 300 most spoken words in a language. And then... I try to have a healthy mix, and this is where you kind of figure it out on your own. I have a healthy mix of three things after that. Once I get that base down, my top 300 words, my top 10 verbs. Oh, excuse me. And then the next is the top 25 verbs. Once you get your top 25 verbs down and your top 300 words, you have a base that you can go and move on to the next thing. So the next thing is a mix of three different elements. One, I would try to really focus on verbs the top 500 verbs in a language. If you get those down, you have an amazing grasp of the language. But those ones have to come from a native source. I would avoid lists. I'd avoid just cranking through them. But try to listen for the verbs that you hear and focus in on those very closely. Um, I think that the only exception I'd give to lists is if you find the top 500 verbs, start to get some exposure to them, and then when you hear them, use them. Next is... Um, I would learn your top 1,000 words in a language. In English, in order to have a 75% comprehension rate of the English language, you have to understand the top, 100, the top 800 words. That's it. 
Top 800 words are used 75% of the time in all of our spoken communication. Thereby, if you learn the top 1,000 words in English, if you're trying to learn English, you are going to have a pretty dang good grasp of the English language. In Spanish, it's the exact same thing. Learn the top 1,000 words. So that's that's part part two of kind of your, your next phase. And three is input. Uh, a friend of mine mentioned this. He said it's all about input, and I, I completely agree. Listen intently. You have to listen. And my big thing is if, if you live, if you can go and move to a country that speaks that language, that's the, that's the best thing you can do. No questions asked. Go live. If you're trying to learn Spanish, go move down to Mexico or Guatemala or Argentina, wherever you want to go, or go to Spain and get that Castilian Spanish, whatever you want. But um, go live there. That's the number one best thing. But if you can't do that, or that's not feasible yet, um, watch their most beloved TV series. If people were to ask me, hey, I'm trying to learn English, do you know what I tell them? Play lots of Call of Duty if you like video games, and watch The Office and Friends and Parks and Rec, <laughs> right? And if you watch those all the way through and get every word and really dig in deep, you'll have a very good understanding of, of American English. Um, I don't know if they're really watching Britain necessarily, like specifically, but I'd think that perhaps Sherlock Holmes is a really good one to get a really good grasp of language. Actually, that's probably not the best one as I think about it. That's got too much medical terms and sophisticated language. What I liked about the the one thing I found with a lot of people that speak amazing English that did not ever come to America in my travels, they always watch The Office. That seems to be one that everyone watches and the fr and friends. Those are the two ones I hear the most because the language is very basic. Um, it's very very basic. Honestly, a third grader could watch those those shows and 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 have very good comprehension. That's kind of the stuff that you want to you want to watch is very basic baseline type of, of movies. So um, I remember learning Russian. I watched the movie. I watched Tangled in Russian over and over and over again because I just thought I had an amazing. Um, it was just it was for kids. It was easy to understand for me, and I, I got a lot of humor out of it. I got a lot of the the Russian humor and the understanding of how they use certain phrases and. Anyways, and I already knew the I already knew that 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 show so well. It really helped me. Um, next thing is this is my this is one of my main tips for everyone, especially if you live in a country where you know you move to a country to learn the language. Wake up every morning and do this. This is this is an exercise I do every single day. Wake up in the morning, take a deep breath, let it out. Walk over to the mirror, splash a little water on your face, look right in the mirror, and say today. I'm going to look like an idiot and it's okay. And say it until you believe it <laughs> because you're going to have to go down the street and you're going to talk to somebody. You're going to be sitting in a, in a bus. Maybe there's an old lady there and you're going to go, hola, como estas? And she's going to go and just start firing off all the Spanish to you. You have no idea what she's saying. And you're going to sit there and go, uh, and look around and, and then just kind of like shrug and look straight ahead and hope that she doesn't make eye contact with you again. That's going to happen over and over and over and over again. Trying to avoid it is what's going to slow you down. If you just get through that phase, get through the phase of looking stupid, then you just move on. And then you have more of a grasp of the language. Then you can say, lo siento, ni todo entiendo. I don't understand everything. Sorry. And then you're going to be able to say things that are more complex. Being able to say, ah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, my Spanish is just not great. Would you mind saying that again? Or I didn't understand that one specific word. And soon you're going to understand everything, right? But it's just about starting those conversations, listening closely to what they say, Trying to respond the best you can. Just do your best and say, it's okay that I'm going to look stupid. Um, there was a study done. Um, at least this is what I was told. I need to find this study because 
I, I quoted a lot. <laughs> I probably shouldn't until I find the study, but a friend told me this, that they did a large study on the difference between adults and, and, and babies and children specifically on learning languages. And they found there was no intellectual difference for children and adults learning languages. They found the only difference was that children have no pride. That was it. That's why kids are so famously good at learning languages because they don't have so much ego attached to their image and I don't want to look stupid and I don't want to like sit there and, and be dumb and I can't respond. I don't want to those awkward moments. Kids don't care. Kids just run their mouths. It's awesome. And we would do better to follow that example. So when you're learning language, just like a child, just, just run your mouth. It doesn't matter if you say it right. Just go for it. And uh, listen very closely. Kids are excellent parrots. You'll notice that if you if you swear around a child once, it just feels like they never forget it. That's the way that we should be. We just listen very intently to everything that goes on. We replicate exactly tonality. Notice that children, some of the first things they'll say is they'll pick up telephones and go, hello, you know, and they'll kind of, they'll, they'll do the exact same tonality they hear from their mothers and fathers, replicating what they're, you know, they're replicating their environment. That's what we should be. When we hear a phrase over and over again, we start to replicate it, even down to the tonality and the body language, and it'll help you. So... There's some of my tips. That was a long, holy smokes, that was a long little podcast segment, but I just want to give you guys some advice on that. There was a lot more cool advice in this, this webinar I just did. Shoot me a DM and I'll send it to you if you're interested. Um, I think it's at Smith one on Instagram. So just look me up and send me a message and, and we'll talk to you in a little bit. Best of luck, guys.